Hey everybody, how are you doing? Welcome to After the Gig. I'm Jesse Humphrey. I'm your host. It is Tuesday, May 7th, and we're here. We're doing this. Um, thank you for everyone that came out to the the first leg or so, or the, that that long that long month that we just did of the uh, Hindsight's 2019 Look Past the Future Tour with Carbon Leaf. Um, it was super fun. Had a great time. Uh, it was great talking to so many people, meeting so many new people. It was great. And the shows were all really, really fun. And we thank you for that. Looking forward, this week, I'll be playing with Dan Mills on May 9th, which is a Thursday, which is this Thursday. It's two days from right now. Go get your tickets for that show. It's at Rockwood Music Hall, Stage 2. Uh, you can get tickets at, I believe, probably just rockwoodmusichall.com. Um, if you're not familiar with Dan's music, go check that out. It's it's great. I've been playing with Dan forever. Uh, we grew up together in Cranston, Rhode Island. Um, and I really I really love his stuff, and I love, I love playing his music. So... Please, if you're in the New York City area or the surrounding area and you want to come out for a really awesome time, go to Rockwood Music Hall on Thursday, Thursday night. Probably starts at around 9. I'm not exactly positive, but it's out there. And also, next week on the podcast, I am really excited that I'm going to have American Idol winner Nick Fratiani on. Uh, that that sounds actually pretty cool. Nick Fratiani on. Anyway, um, so he will be on the show. We had a really, really awesome long conversation. Um, if you don't know Nick, he is a New England singer-songwriter. He won American Idol. Um, incredible voice. Unbelievable voice. And uh, and he has a lot of cool, interesting things to say. A lot of inside looks on the show and and everything that surrounded it and his experience with it. And it's, it's very cool. So please tune in for that. And then after next week, I will be on vacation. So I don't know if I will be posting. I think I might be taking a week or two off. It will probably be two weeks off. Um, but I don't know. I might, I might bring the stuff and I might, uh, post some of the episodes over there, or I could just do an all, an all Irish, my Irish family episode. Um, so I don't know. I, I really don't know what's going to happen. I haven't planned that far ahead. Uh, we still haven't even planned the whole vacation out. So just trying to figure all that stuff out at the moment. But next week will be a new episode. This week is a new episode. And most importantly, this week, I have the great Dave Carroll. This episode was recorded directly after this year's Super Bowl. I had a Super Bowl party at my place. Dave was here. We had been, I mean, it was a party. We were a little bit under the influence during this episode, but I think it was good. I think it's silly. I think it's fun. So a little bit about Dave. I've known Dave for about 10 years, and we used to play in the band Love in Stockholm together back in the day. Dave now owns his own uh, music conservatory called the conservatory at highlands um, it's in newton massachusetts they take you know they give lessons of uh for for people of all ages kids adults everything they have all these master classes um dave has been a, a music educator for as long as i've known him 
and Dave is one of the uh, one of the funnest, uh, funniest, silliest humans that I that I know. And it was a pretty interesting experiment uh, to <laughs> record one of these after a game or like late at night. I'm not sure if it'll ever happen again like that. It's okay. It worked out. And I'm really excited for you to hear this show. If you're not already subscribed, please smash that subscribe button. I will be answering some questions next week before the program begins. Uh, so if you have any questions, send them in to afterthegigpod at gmail.com. Again, it's not after the gig podcast. It's after the gig pod at gmail.com. And I will be happy to answer your questions on the show. So I think... That is it. Oh, make sure you rate and review the episode too. That really, uh, that really helps. That helps out a lot. Uh, and tell your friends. Tell all your friends. So that's it. That's I'm done. That's my spiel. So please uh, enjoy this show with my buddy Dave Carroll. Uh, this was super fun. And uh, stay tuned for the music afterwards. And I will see you next time. Bye. Check, check, one, two, my check, one, two, one, two, check, check, check. <laughs> Damn it. Can't even get it. Get, get your beer. Dave Carroll. In the house. All right, what were we saying outside? Um, shit, man. I was just saying how I'm a, uh, a crazy person <laughs> when I'm watching games and how having people over was like kind of my therapy kind of my therapy for (laughs) it was very much so your therapy this evening um uh i have never seen you this calm during a sports game i've also never seen a football game so boring i'm sure that has a lot to do with it but you must have been trying so hard i was trying a little You must have been, man. There was times where I was like, I was literally about to stand up in my seat. <laughs> I was like, just, Jesse, sit down. Just stay in your seat. But, I mean, but nothing end up, ended up happening. It was just, you know, the, the most exciting part was the last, I don't know, the drive where the Patriots scored the touchdown. Sure, um, I think that I think you, I think you showed a lot of self control because um, if I can take you back to the time when we uh, watched we're, the Giants Patriots, we're, we're game. going back. Let's let's go back to that game. I I, I remember very vividly. Um, uh, we were at our house in Murdoch Street, um, my house. You, you uh, were living elsewhere, but the uh, Love and Stockholm house and. Um, in that house, uh, you, <laughs> uh, we watched the Super Bowl, and it happened to be the Giants and the Patriots. And I happen to be from New York, and I'm not a, I'm not a diehard football fan like you are. You know, like I'm pretty diehard. <laughs> I don't. No, but the the thing hard. the thing I respect about watching sports with you is that you you take on the role of the villain. 
not on purpose just in it's the scenarios because because we're in new england and you're the new york sports fan yeah. so you're always the you know it's like you and maybe one other person but it's it's amazing <laughs> it gives me it gives me purpose in my in my fucking craziness because Which probably feeds the whole problem. but then you have like the perfect personality be like yeah you know it's this is how he's gonna be well (laughs) well though like but let's go back to the first times we had our game watching scenarios together which were way more important to you than they were to me because i yes am a new york sports fan although i prefer the celtics over the knicks and other than that i'll prefer the new york over i still don't understand that i don't i don't know how that happens is it just because of ray allen that's a hundred percent because it's only because of ray Allen. a hundred percent because of ray allen uh but i'll explain it so when did the love affair with ray allen come along i i missed this i I mean well how he's great one of the greatest three-point shooters in all of nba history Grant Hill maybe is ahead of him. Or no, 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 no. <laughs> Come on, man. I don't know. I'm just thinking. It's I'm, I'm pulling Allen. fake statistics out of my head. Yes. Yeah, so he he actually beat Grant Hill when Grant Hill was commentating the game. And really? Was, yeah. Uh, in well, three it, point. Um, in three point. Um, uh, the 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 three point um, the all star game like the the three point no it wasn't the all star games so those don't really count oh, for no, stats no I know what you're saying the the uh, the, uh, the the most three pointers in in a playoff that game ever happened whatever, and Grant Hill was commentating and he was happy no for him. you're right yeah and um yeah, i so forgot he, all about that because weren't we recording our album when that happened or something or we, I remember we were watching uh uh. A Celtics game. It was like Celtics Cleveland or something, but I can't remember when we watched that game. It was definitely around that time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was definitely around the time where we we were playing and and everything a lot um, at Murdoch, I believe. So Murdoch. Um, so Murdoch was the street that we were on, um, living uh, in in Brighton, um, and it was so around. basically our band. Just to give a little backstory, our band. Love in Stockholm. We all lived together at one point um, in Alston on Pratt Street, and then the the rest of the guys moved to Murdoch Street in Brighton. Mm-hmm. And, and we called it Murder Dock. Murder Dock. We didn't really give it that name first, but I guess we kind of inherited who did the, who it. Who did most of the murdering? Oh, that was before we got there for sure. Yeah, it was nice when you guys got there. Yeah, before that, it was a murder dock. <laughs> a dock whereupon you would find murdering. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't come up with a name. Uh, one of the previous roommates did. Uh, I will not say his name. But he uh, should, who who should remain nameless? He will remain nameless. Just want to let everyone know we've been drinking. We've been drinking a little bit. I have been drinking. Name is keeping it together. Not me. I pretty good. Haven't but. drank a thing today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Super Bowl Sunday, right? So Super Bowl Fun Day, more like it, right? Which you is the I mean? only day of the year you should stay sober, right? <laughs> If there's one day out of the year, that's what I do. I try to save Super Bowl Sunday as my one sober day. I try to save Super Bowl sober. (laughs) 
You know, they got sober October. No, no, no. Super Bowl sober. Super sober. Super sober. That's me. <laughs> super soaker. Super sober, and we shoot each other with super <laughs> soaker. <laughs> Sorry for the folks at home. It's okay. No, barely anyone's <laughs> listening. Who's barely listening? That's I what I want to know. I don't know. All I know is I took my shirt off in front of people that I, I've never met before Actually, today. I think I got a clip of that. Um, well, no one can see the clip. No, but, but they can hear it. You that can hear shit. it. Yeah, put it yeah, in the microphone. I, I think that that will be special. That'd I'm be really fine. excited about about that I, I think i got some good video tonight this year you know for people that don't know me personally i am kind of a maniac when it comes to uh, to new england sports i'm a massive red sox fan a massive uh patriots fan uh bruins fan and whatnot but this is this is something that happened during the uh during the game, and I actually—I don't even think the game was going on. I think it was actually during the halftime show when Adam Levine, Adam Levine took his shirt off, and I actually. <laughs> this, is, this is after that. <laughs> it was right. At, it was you directly were definitely after. inspired. I was inspired, and I was actually a little bit—I was a little bit mad at Adam for trying to steal some of my thunder. Yeah, so I, which I felt fair. like I needed to take the thunder back. So all right, go ahead, Dave. All right, right, right into the mic. And that's it. <laughs> Everybody just keep watching. I'm such a fucking idiot. <laughs> to be fair, it was during the halftime show. It was during the <laughs> it was during the halftime show. It wasn't during the game, actually. Which you know, that's just a lot, man. You've obviously calmed down a I, lot. As I was obviously I was obviously drinking a lot during that point in the game. You're not. You know. You actually. I saw you grabbed a water. You grabbed a water instead of grabbing a beer. What I was actually trying to do was I was trying to inspire people to go play beer pong because I spent <laughs> so much time setting that shit up, setting it up, and, and then you went and got. We the, played. We played. You went and got the balls. Yeah, and which was which was incredible. It was very cool. Um, it was cool. We played. I uh, I think I was pretty close to beating you, um, but it was just me. I don't remember that. You won. I did win. How do you not remember that? I don't remember you being close to winning. No. We were two to two. It was two, it was two to one. It was we two were to one. two to two at the end. Oh, well, you won at the end. It two, was two to one. Two it was two to one for two to two for a second. And then I hit Well, then it was two to two and then you won. I've actually, and I'm not trying to brag, but I, <laughs> <laughs> I have won. Every game of beer pong. That's bullshit. Not every game. Not every single let's, one. Okay, let's go. I'm, ta- I'm talking. Right now. Well, the last time you and me. The last time I played beer pong <laughs> was at Shamey O'Neill's house for, for his housewarming barbecue in the summer, and I played with a buddy of mine, and we won. We went twelve and zero, and I haven't. Feeling. I haven't lost since we played then. I just got the touch, man. I got that stroke. I got. Dude, it's I a beautiful feeling when you win at beer pong. I will say, it really is. Uh, I've been. I don't think I'm good at beer pong, but I think I'm lucky um, when it comes time to win. And like, I played plenty of games where uh, <laughs> when it comes time to win. <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Like, I played plenty of games where like I'm the lone soldier at a party, and like you're just only with like your buddy. Like this happened. Maybe two, two, uh, one, 
No, okay, so now <laughs> <laughs> two to one. It was two to one. It was down. It was no, down. It's down to two. No, to um, not last um, Halloween, but the Halloween before that. Mm-hmm. Me and my buddy Dan, we went to this um, Halloween party. Um, I don't really want to go. It was like late um, already. I was done and whatever so were you but, dressed up at the halloween party so we had to dress up right were you dressed up before then before you got invited did you have a plan um so i mean like we were invited but we uh had to figure out how to dress up before we got there um so <laughs> okay. i had a scramble for a costume so i looked around my school to find a costume and you're pretty resourceful though yeah i feel like you would come up with a good costume perfect example okay i went out and got some of these budweiser's that are like half the size like you see these like you see these pepsi cola cans that are like we actually got for the part for for the super bowl we got a bunch of like the baby coke cans no one drank any of them i didn't see those those are my favorite yeah because they're so small no take some when you go home i don't really care about take them when you go home how smaller whatever it's just like it's kind of funny uh that they make like smaller cans yeah that you can just like yeah because we get a six pack of the small cans yeah. it's like we know they're so unhealthy so we'll give you just a little bit yeah, less this, this will be your <laughs> your thing for the day that'll be great it'll be fine um and so so somehow we ended up at the beer store and <laughs> like that's hard to f- figure out <laughs> but we i found the the bud light small cans and i was like so uh, i know what my costume is gonna be i'm gonna be a giant who holds a, <laughs> my only costume is i hold the little cans holds a baby and so can. if anybody asks me like what are you i'm like i'm i'm a huge person i'm holding a little can of um, it's a real can of beer and i'm how'd big. that go <laughs> um well i kind of forego that immediately because i knew that wouldn't work so i found a pirate hat all right in the school sure. so i put the pirate hat on and then I got some kind of like, I don't know, I got like a white shirt and just like, I'm a pirate. But then I was like, I'm a giant pirate because I was holding those <laughs> little beers. I'm a giant pirate. <laughs> <laughs> giant pirate. Giant pirate. Giant pirate. Giant pirate. How does it go again? Giant pirate. <laughs> Thank you. Tell me about your school, Dave. The um, people want to know about your school because you have done something that is, um, and we haven't hung out a, like as much as we used to, but you have done something that is like incredibly inspiring for kids in the Newton and beyond area. You can talk about where these kids are coming from. And, um, just for potential music education people and teachers and stuff like that. It's like what you have done is like is borderline insane. (laughs) And it, I am like, like a super proud friend, you know, to have you doing what you're doing. And so you started the, uh, you can talk about it, but the conservatory, on highlands which is uh which is the the music store music store the music school um you can talk about how many students you have and what that entails but uh sorry for stuttering because i'm 
it, it, it's a it's a night of the Super Bowl. It's kind of crazy that we're talking about this, but I we should it. talk about it. I love it, dude. Um, Super Bowl is perfect perfect time to talk about it. Um, it's because it's been such a fun night, and why not end it with a conversation um, that other people can listen to? Um, yeah. So obviously, um, um, we've been good buddies for a long time, and. Um, and uh, you've seen everything that I've done since before this newest yeah, project, and totally. so you you have a very special perspective. Um, so you know more than so many people what it, where I came from before I got to this thing uh, that I'm doing right now, which is really exciting. Um, so uh, the story goes like this: um, We played in a band together. Yes, we did. Yeah, we did. It was really nice. Sick. It was really nice. Um, we did some. I'll probably play. I'll probably play some of the songs and yeah. some of these episodes at least with you and. You yeah, and we got to talk about this shit. We got to talk about what we were feeling about when we played this shit. I mm-hmm. mean, like, there's so many things. There's so many deep things about the songs that Love in Stockholm did, that you did, that when you came into the basement on, and like this maybe hopefully is a precursor to all of the the stuff that you're going to talk about. Uh, but like, there's so many memories that i have of you mm. when the first time i met you when we played together um in the basement of of sorrento street and playing basement shows in alston um massachusetts and alston yeah brighton massachusetts and brighton, the massachusetts and, and like they're like we did so many um i have so many memories that like i can't wait to talk about with you and like see your perspective on that we haven't even but anyway here we are now uh fast forward 10 years and just about just about 10 years something like that and um i have a music school just uh, about down the road from your school and um uh, i mean your house (laughs) i was gonna say what's my school this is your school homie this is my school this is your homie man that's what i'm talking about this no, is but your, this is your skill. School. You're right down there. You're walk. You're you're less than walking. You can walk down. Away. Um, yeah, and like, and I want to announce announce to all the listeners that I also am doing a podcast soon. You're doing a podcast, 100, percent man. Fuck yeah! Just down the street at the old cons, and uh, tell us about it. Let's do it. So, so like, it's kind of perfect that you're here doing this thing. What's the word? Um, uh, Serendipitous? <laughs> yeah, seren- uh, energized, the scenario. Um, mm-hmm. It's just giving a lot of energy to this to this idea where like a couple people could have a conversation and talk to each other. Is it mostly like an educational podcast? Is, is there like a, you know, we, we haven't found like the best or, you know, we haven't found our stride here, obviously. Mm. This is... This is only you know, yeah. a couple of interviews in or a couple of conversations in, but like, do you have some kind of specific? No, a hundred percent. Yeah, like you said, educational. I mean, like, um, that's that's what I'm really excited to talk about is uh, education, and yeah. Um, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, I have a lot of resources to be able to kind of discuss those the aspects of education, mm-hmm. um, and so I can't wait to hopefully talk about some kind of that stuff. Um, with people that could listen to it and hopefully benefit from it. I mean, like, the cool thing about podcasts is it's a really interesting form of taking in information that is completely separate from 
most others well we don't at this we're, time. we're not at the same constraints as traditional radio you know or, we can, no, i mean you like, can say whatever everything wh- else. whatever you want basically yeah 100 percent. you know uh fuck shit let's 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 <laughs> let it all out there you know <laughs> no but like, that's the best uh, part but no, no but not only just <laughs> just like cursing but you can say <laughs> what you like really think about how edu- the music education 100%, works 100 and like the kind of business you want to run 100 percent, man that's know. that's the whole point but like what i was saying was nobody um is, is taking time to listen to anything anymore like if, if you look at the kids that are taking lessons or if you look at adults that are on their phone all the time including myself mm-hmm. like no one is taking the time to sit down and listen to a conversation for longer or a thing anything not even a conversation music um a funny video um, distractions the point that i'm saying is 15 second to 30 second attention span from adults is probable from how do you kids, deal with that in a lesson is it so evident like you know if you're trying to teach someone some their kid something like i don't know are are they literally taking like the horn out of their mouth and just like eh, mm-hmm. looking yeah, around definitely. really exactly yes Man. so uh, what i was saying is in adults how long are your lessons usually a half um, hour 30 45 or an hour um, so it varies. It varies as it, as the kids get older. They're still able to concentrate more because. Mm-hmm. But you see what we're talking about in the younger kids more, um, the inability to concentrate as the kids get older. If they're interested and want to better themselves and want to really commit, right? They'll fight that. They'll fight that and they'll stick through the right. hour because they're smart enough to know that things take time. I can't even imagine being in. A, a drum lesson and working on one thing and then when we stop for two seconds like like looking away or do, i can't even imagine right. doing that i know but i think maybe that's I was because the same way i was a little bit more developed as you know i was older or whatever when sure. i was getting these lessons when yeah so i mean high school <clears throat> yeah well i got like when was your earliest drum lesson earliest drum lesson was probably f- fourth or fifth grade and then so yeah so you're right in there yeah so the feeling that you had when you were saying that like you couldn't imagine looking away or not being attentive yeah. how old was that in the first lesson or was it later on like honestly i never remember me personally and i don't i don't think that this is like an every kid kind of thing I was so into drums and I was so into learning how to play the drums that I always paid attention. I was always super into it and I always practiced when I wasn't at the lesson. But I know that a lot of kids don't practice. You know, they have so much stuff going on there. That's the majority now. There's so like. You're a rarity in that you were very passionate about. Totally, it. and I and yeah. I recognize that, and I know that like there's so much focus and there's so much money in schools that goes towards sports and like learning other things that music totally takes a back seat. Like I've taught lessons where I'm like, all right, well, I know that this kid doesn't want to learn anything, but 
So I guess I'm just a babysitter, and we're gonna watch drum YouTube videos, and I, maybe, uh, and hopefully this kid can get inspired by something. Yeah, I know. I totally understand your sentiment um, in that exact scenario, and it's like, um, so when you're teaching a kid that doesn't um, want to, um, doesn't like you, you're there to teach the kid. Like, I've I've been in that scenario so many times. In fact, I know that I've actually asked you to. to be in that exact same scenario and take over for me um yeah are you talking I'm, are you talking about like the, the the those two kids in particular yes um, when i was traveling going to their house exactly i yeah. i remember i was just starting my business and um i got too busy and i asked yeah. you to take over two drum students that i had which was the next logical step because i'm not a drummer i'm not a drum teacher i'm a teacher right. so i right. can and i know the basics of the beginning i know that how you would probably yell at me if i hold the sticks wrong i think i i think i know how you would yell at me how i hold the sticks I wrong would, first of all i would never yell at you because i love, <laughs> I love probably you. a good idea i love you that's good education i would never good education practices um, you don't want to yell yeah but <laughs> and then it's it's a bummer because i i really wanted to get into teaching because i wasn't i wasn't touring at that time i was i think i was only yeah, bartending it was the right time dude. <clears throat> it was the right time for me to try uh, to get into it, it. and you happen to get two like it's really one one of the toughest students i ever had and um well that's nice to hear because <laughs> i honestly was like oh if this is like how it normally is this is crazy. I mean, it was so. Oh, no, it was, I hope that wasn't your like perspective from no. They were great. Forward. I the problem that w- was what a tough. I, it was what a tough I noticed scenario. was it was a tough scenario because one of them literally told me it was like, oh, drumming is like my secret thing. Is like the thing I want only a few people to know. So it's like my mysterious thing, and and that was the older one, mm-hmm. and because he was like. You know, getting to the age where he's starting to learn how to manipulate a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and which is a totally normal thing for kids. He was manipulating for the whole entire year before. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, like, I would try to teach him the lesson. We, I would try to create some kind of, um, you know, pattern. And every time I would go in, he knew he would always be trying to, like, mess with me to try to get what he wanted. And I was like, all right this is not the way this is supposed to go. And like, I was not like, I wasn't like getting real with them, but yeah, I was telling him, I was like, listen, man, we got to, this is what we got to do. We'll get to that point. Once you, once you get past this, he was just, ah, he was just probably running game at that point. I mean, it was just, those guys probably even owe me money. Jesus. Cause I like would, I, I think I gave a lesson or she canceled on me a couple times, like as I was like pulling up to the house or whatever, whatever it was, but we won't mention any names, but that's how it goes for Dr. For, Kavorzin. For, for <laughs> <laughs> but no, for teachers, this is just something that this is, so you this were, is something that we deal with that people don't know about yeah. that, you know, you're making oh, a living geez. and cheese Louise. Yeah. Let me tell you, Jesse, uh, pulling this is, into this the normal, sh- normal pulling stuff. into the driveway, getting the phone call to can- phone call cancel, man, and 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 you're a fresh teacher. You were a fr- you were a fresh like uh, lesson teacher at that time. I was Dude, a- I was rookie. Yeah, be like before yeah, I, rookie. I called you before in. that. I called you in off the off the off the bench in training camp. 
I know you do uh, baseball, so if you could help me with the metaphors, I'd <laughs> fucking appreciate it. Yeah, pitchers and catchers that just showed up, and you know they're just work. They're just working on how how to read e- the signals. That's where we right. were. That's where I was with starting to dude for to, sure. To and teach and for the record, lessons. you um, are a great teacher. And you, I don't know. I I will tell you. And you took a, took lessons for a very long time. So taking lessons is is a very good example of learning how to teach lessons because you, you take enough of them, you realize what the teachers are are showing you and how they're showing you, and you don't realize everything. You don't realize like how prepared they are and what their resources are that you don't know, and it gets deep. But you do understand how the transfer of information works, especially when related to what we're talking about, which is music education, which is how the transfer of information works when you're trying to tell someone how to teach, how to play an instrument. And in this case, you were teaching this kid drums. And, um, and you know, it was the first thing I asked you to do. I was, I right. like, I was the first, I was like, hey, like, I can't do this anymore. Actually, ironically let's talk about that um um ironically i stopped going to people's houses to start my business which i have now which is the conservatory i was like done i was like i had done it too i got burnt out on it i got burnt out Uh, i was like no more going and driving every single day um teach 10 lessons in in random people's houses it was like a it was that one bad winter that we had in 2014 2014 2015 the worst winter of boston the most snowfalls in 76 more snowfall uh like more inches of snow in any winter ever yeah and it all happened in in february it was the most yeah it all happened in february yeah it I would was, have to walk to work every day on Monday. In the fucking snow. It was every single Monday. We had a every single one Monday. We had a blizzard. We were at Murder Dock. Um, <laughs> Murder Dock. <laughs> we. I was living at Murder Dock. Those every single Monday that it blizzarded, it, it was four Mondays in a row, which was so fucking awful if you were a music lesson teacher because like i feel so bad for anyone in the boston area at that time that was teaching private lessons in anyone's homes because in 2014 to 20 i guess it was 2015 2015 february every single monday weekly yeah. for four weeks it was like it, it was like two feet of snow three feet at of, least at least three feet, feet of snow minimum every single and it was monday yeah. every fucking time every so, weekend you had to deal with it on monday i and and you parked on the street too dude i remember dude. i used to park on the street and then i would have to come to band practice at murder dock yep and you there was no parking spaces everybody had their cones or oh, their dude. chairs dude and it's a fucking miracle that we any of us on those streets were able to keep any I want. I had this great idea. I have this great idea for a podcast. I I wanted. I had this great idea for a table book before there were podcasts. Uh, Murder Doc, or uh, sorry, a coffee table book where you have it on the right, which was just pictures of the space Those savers. Are the best coffee table books. <laughs> this this would be great. A coffee table book uh, um, of the space savers for um the winter of 2015 oh, yeah. which um if you are not familiar with the, uh 
the how it works is when it's snowing out um, in Boston, you live in Brighton, you park on the street, you have a pay, you can get a space saver. Now it's not exactly legal by the um, police. But in the fact, mayor, they don't. They say no. They say no. But the mayor, I remember that year, declared like, "All right, <laughs> <laughs> you, okay, you assholes, all right." You're gonna do it anyway, so I guess <laughs> yeah. I guess what we're gonna do here <laughs> is we're gonna put uh fucking you know, you can put your launches or whatever you got but for until the until the storm's over. Twenty four like, hours 24, after the last snowfall. Hours. It was something, it like, was something ridiculous. Like that, till the till the state of emergency ran out, maybe yeah, it was twenty four hours was. or something like that. That's what it was. It was but like twenty four hours after the state of emergency. It's such a play because they knew they couldn't do shit about it. Um, yeah. The funny thing Ridiculous. is, the funny thing is, you done that street, man, and I, I did it too. I did it too because I had to. You dig out a spot; it takes you about two hours, maybe, maybe one and a half if you're lucky. And you dig out the spot all around your car. You, you turn your car off. You clear your it takes car hours, off. Hours, hours, and hours. Every of- single Monday for four for four weeks. And, um, you know, and Cause like, then because then you're dealing with the snow of whoever's shoveling out their shit in front of you. There's nowhere to put you. it. There's nowhere there's to put all nowhere the snow. To put so it. you're trying not to fuck up somebody else who dug out their walkway right. and like it's written like you're parked right in front of their walkway. So you, I, I swear to God, I shoveled my car out every single time I would throw the snow over the um over over the 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 giant now at this point five five foot like um snowbound some of those piles and the and the drifts got up to like like eight nine feet and i'm not even talking i'm not talking about like the corners where it's eight nine feet i'm talking about like everybody's standard everyone's pile everyone's regular pile all right so i would i would toss it over the regular pile and then sure enough I was like, shit, I just tossed all my snow onto the walkway of the sidewalk in front of my car, of the which is behind guy. that. So then the I blind would, guy that lives next door. I saw I would go around and then take that shit and I would throw it into the yard if they were lucky enough to have a yard. In this case, they were. Because you're a nice guy. Yeah. Well, exactly. And so many people didn't do that. There, There is that etiquette, though, because I remember shoveling out my car and being like oh, i don't know if i like i'm i'm literally shoveling the snow into someone's yard but it's just their yard so nothing the yard is fine the yard's fine you, i you, guess you just can't it was just it was just there's etiquette so much snow where you just felt bad for some reason oh sure like you felt bad putting it anywhere where anyone had to be so where yeah where anyone had to like potentially deal with the snow but so that's i'm sure that you were probably putting in a place that was maybe questionable because that i would i had that feeling too and that's why i I probably did i I really don't give a that (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying something on somebody's car in front of me or behind me i'm sure you didn't remember himself you have that you just said you had that feeling and if you have that feeling i did you're one of the few people that will make an effort to make sure that they don't fuck somebody else's hard work up and you just hope that other people are willing to put in the hard work that you are so so every time i put in the hard work meaning to clean my car off with snow and empty the space out and realize that i fucked somebody else's shit up i would go and do the double work 
And honestly, the yeah, next totally. time, hopefully I'm smart enough to not fucking have to do double work. So I figure out a spot to put yeah, it. Yeah, you know where to put it. Spot to put it the first time. What would you use for a space saver? So that's the thing, right? So I had, I think I had a cone. You had a, you had a, like a legit yeah. orange cone. Yeah. I was like somehow, I think I, I think I came upon a cone. Savers. I think I came upon a cone. And I used it in like. And the crazy thing is, like, every once in a while you'd come back and somebody else would be in your spot. And, like, I had the worst possible schedule for the space savers. Like, most people, they would leave in the morning and come back around 4 or 5, 6, you know, normal work hours. Not me. I'd leave around the early afternoon and then come back around 9, So se- you, seven. like, if you left the saver, like, you were one of the legit, like, all right, yeah. this thing better work. Which is fair because people... Well, people are gonna at that point they're gonna get hungry. Gonna find it. They're, they're gonna, gonna get they're hungry. Gonna hungry. I mean, like that's just they're gonna move that cone. That's a little like, special lamb. That, yeah, that's a that's a spot, you know. And I can I never blamed them when they took it my spot because I, I even had, when there was something there, I didn't blame them for. You get like a kitchen knife from Murder Doc and and you know, their tires. You, or something? you know why I didn't ever blame somebody who took the spot? Probably is because. It didn't happen that often. Um, it only happened yeah. once in a while. And so I was like, you know what? Like, whoever took my spot was probably in a real bind. But they probably Because if it, if it happened the first day that I put my cone out there, then I'd be like, what the fuck, fuck is this shit? I worked guy. all fucking day. Yeah. And, I, I, and this person just waltzes home from work and, just and takes my spot. because he has an earlier schedule than me, I'm out teaching lessons in people's houses. Yeah. I'm out teaching those lessons with those kids we were talking about. And But to play devil's advocate, it's street parking. It's every, no, you don't. Pay you're for not that allowed. Spot. Oh, the mayor said we could but do it 24 could, hours after right. the, after the thing. You're right. So I don't it's know okay. if that counts for Brighton, Marty, Boston. If, if Marty Walsh <laughs> says it's all right, the funny that thing is, is they can't. They're, they're not even in charge of that shit. It, actually, it was down to fucking martial law at that point without really the government was. because because we never experienced anything it, like that before for sure and. It had, dude, it had snowed many times before that, significantly enough to be a huge pain in the fucking ass. Yeah. I mean, like that that one was a fucking pain in the ass. And the other ones were pains in the fucking ass. You know, Good, you know. Yeah. But enough about Boston snow. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because we got the Boston uh, Patriots. Um, it's funny because the I feel like the majority of people that will listen to this aren't. <laughs> are definitely not you know boston fans maybe just my family and then like the rest of the country that pa- might listen patriots. to anything that i'm okay I do. with it i'm okay with you guys i'm glad the patriots win win win, win. i'm glad they, they always to. win they I'm, always win it's gonna I, be okay i really like it when they win it's gonna be okay you know i'm proud of tom brady he worked really hard he's a good guy uh and stuff i don't know about the trump's thing let's not talk about that Nah, I mean, whatever, man. He can... <laughs> it's a free country, I guess. Free Stop country. it. No. Chris Talia says it's a free country. Yeah, so it I is, guess but I, no. I, but I guess it's okay. Um, anyway, so <laughs> music, I mean, we're... T- love and so- Let's talk about Love and Soccer. Wait, wait. Let's, let's get let's I got to take a break before we that. talk about Love and Soccer. Because I, I actually have to pee. You but, have to pee? Um, yeah. All right, let me. So I got to take a quick break, but um, sure. I would love to talk about all that stuff. We're gonna take a quick break. You're probably not even gonna notice anything. You're probably oh. not oh. listening right now. 
and we're back and you probably didn't notice anything so um dave we're gonna talk about love and stockholm yeah how long did love and stockholm exist um that's a tough question um i believe it was eight years i feel like the life of it was done in 2014 um the winter <clears throat> that we were talking about before probably i mean charlie whenever whenever charlie left pretty much left the band like just you know he's doing his thing in new york and just wasn't wasn't yeah. gonna happen and, and well charlie you know. left the band and um we did a lot of really cool stuff after that and yeah um i was always proud that of, of the stuff that we did after it but i i'm kind of bummed that we never really released any of the Final 2014 songs. final songs. We had some really nice ones. We did. We totally did. We should release them. I, I talked to Evan about this every now and then, actually. There's songs. I think we maybe released one or two of them. We definitely played them live, but it was a bummer. It was kind of weird. It was a different time, though, because we were kind of exploring what we were at the time after Charlie left the band, and we still wanted to play, and it was like it was just kind of a, a weird thing, but we made some cool music, so I hope... Some- I hope Great. at some point we can uh, release some of it. Oh, uh, yeah, dude. I'm sure that we can release a whole bunch of that stuff. My Bones um, was a pivotal song for me. Oh, so beautiful. How so? So beautiful. Um, actually, I, I, I just ironically, um, Alex wrote the horn line to that song, and um, it was so beautiful and something that I hadn't even thought about. And he was the bass player of our band for the entire time from since forever. And I just remember this, this song, my bones and he wrote the horn line for it. And I'm looking at it like something I've never thought about doing with horns. It was beautiful. And I couldn't even play it at first. Like the way that it was conceived. Like, like I saw how it was on the paper because he wrote it out gorgeously on, like. Tra- I didn't know paper. any of this. Yeah, dude. I didn't know any of this happened. Yeah, I have the. I still have the manuscript paper that he drew, and it was. It was like beautiful, font and everything, um, and it was just like, so like you know, it was like it was like easy to read, like really cool triplets. Like if we get the song up my bones uh, right now it would make sense um but um and i'll but, do my but, I'll do i'll do my bones for the uh but it was for the, the outro song it was the feel though it was the feel of the horn line that i was like hadn't even was like obviously that's the right way to do it but like alex knew it already in his head mm. and i had to figure out how that how it was supposed to be in his head and it was the right way it was like the way that you hear it on the radio with someone that's like fucking it's when it's fucking right you know what i mean when yeah. it's fucking sieved down to the rightness <laughs> yeah it's some like fucking shaka khan fucking <laughs> like stevie wonder fucking purity yeah that i was just like know. oh shit fuck shit that's what it was <laughs> that's how you do it and then but it wasn't like how how it was written was beautifully on the page it was like how often did you guys like work on love and soccer like song ideas in the house i know because i didn't live i wasn't always there i was only there on couple days a week i mean like you knew it was uh because you saw the result of it every time we practiced 
Um, I always did notice some kind of uh, <clears throat> like forward progress every time I would show up. Like you know, Alex would have done something, or yeah. Brent Brendan was always working on something. But yeah, so we had our a beautiful studio. But like you know what, going back to that same winter, um, the basement of Murder Doc, if you will, um, which is not the name I gave it, but, um, you know, Murdoch, Murdoch and, um, um, Murdoch Manor is like the more formal name. I like, I like Murdoch Manor. Murdoch Manor was the formal name. Um, Mm -hmm. actually I shouldn't even say the latter. Uh, (laughs) It was a pretty special place. It's one of those places, Murdoch Manor, where you guys lived. I wish we had experienced it uh, maybe like a couple of years earlier because I feel like we could have gotten more. Like, I would have loved to have like lived with you guys in the house. Like, yeah. Because well, just because well, of the music situation in the basement and like everything yeah. that had to I go mean, so along with it. I mean, so the thing, so now it's actually, they're still having shows there. Trixie's, really? Trixie's Palace is what they call it. Are you serious? They call it Trixie's Palace. Trixie is named with the cat that lives at the house. So that's why it's Trixie's Palace. Oh my God. That's and incredible. I went to a show there um, from Matt Hull. Um, How is tri- it? Do they have it just like in the living room? No, it's downstairs in the basement. In the basement? Where he used to practice. Oh, and fuck. and the ironic part is, um, after having moved into this house, which was completely destroyed when we moved in there. Um, it was bad. I, yeah, I remember it being like pretty terrible. Completely destroyed. And which is the whole point that I'm bringing this up, actually. It's not to talk about Trixie's Palace or whatever else. is um, the fact that it was so cold in those basement, that basement in that winter of yep. 2014 that like man i tried we tried our best we closed off stuff with sheets we had um these beautiful rooms the um i remember the thanksgiving before that me and alex cleared out that basement we worked so hard with face masks on oh i remember that when you guys crushed it completely completely make it into a room again like when we moved in for about a year year and a half it was completely destroyed and we made it better enough to practice in. And then that Thanksgiving, Alex and I went down that basement and we destroyed it. We took out <laughs> all of the fucking garbage that they had on the walls and the fucking extra like and the cigarette butts and the fucking dust and the dirt and the grime. And we put down carpet and we fucking and um we cleared out rooms we cleared out random ass fucking garbage that they had, had been there for years i can't and believe it we turned that into a good room and that was that same winter and it didn't matter it was so cold and i bought space heaters and i put up i put up sheets and and let those sheets hang down because i saw the effect that they could have and it didn't matter man it was so cold that winter man remember <laughs> yeah. remember we're sitting down yeah, there of course I remember. we're sitting down terrible. there you know we're playing my bones that's what I'm saying. We're playing my bones. That was true. All those record those sessions that we did in the basement, they were all so cold. So cold. And like think about that on the mental wear and tear, you know? It was it was for it was for the creative process, I guess. We always we always had to deal with that since day one. And like think about Sorrento Street with Love and Stockholm. The first time you came into the band, uh That was a rough basement. Yeah. We had a lot of rough basements. That's what we were built off of, so it didn't... Start. Owned owned by the same person that owns my apartment. You mean this podcast? Uh, <laughs> the, the place that we're recording this yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Indeed. Isn't that 
the most wonderful story. That's you know. it, it's honestly crazy. It's awesome. Yeah. I feel like that's how like most things happen. You know, some kind of crazy intersection of like, oh, you know this person. It has to be. That's the only history way. and whatever. You know, it's the only way I've known how it goes. Have you ever been like overseas or someplace completely random and then run into somebody that you know? so well and like fucking like what the fuck yeah. why are you here i'm here we're here this is amazing Does that happened that has definitely happened to me i two instances that that happened to me that i'm thinking of right now when i was in they were both in new york you know which is far enough away where it doesn't you know it's a massive city millions of people whatever <clears throat> i got off the subway and as i'm walking off the subway i run into a dude i went to college with that was like like good friends with it's crazy it was so crazy that stuff is out of all the have all the subways in the city of you know in in manhattan alone just how like he's like literally one of the only people on the platform it's crazy. that shit drives me crazy then i was getting up from the subway and i'm walking down same, the street same day not the same day different day i am walking you know up the stairs of the subway Walking down the street, I think it was uh, Houston, like West West Houston somewhere, and my friend from high school, this girl I, I hadn't seen in maybe six, seven years, oh, right here, just walking hey, right by me. How's it going? Like middle of like when lunch is going on yeah. for all for all the yeah. businesses or whatever is in that area, I see this person that I hadn't seen in six years that I used to know very well and I'm getting a coffee and like hanging out and, and like catching up all day long. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. When does that happen to you? Oh dude, it happens all the time. And when it happens, I fucking freak out. I love it. I think it's the, I think it's the most indicative thing of what we were talking about before. Um, I think that's one of the crazy, I think you're right. It's, that like, like kind of like brought up some was like that's a cra- it's, it's one of the craziest right? things you you that happens. You saw this girl. What are the odds? Do you of that? say what happened when you saw her? You're like, "Hey, what the what the hell is up?" Well, no, it was like we it's one of those things where you I was going up the stairs and I see her from a far distance. She sees me. We're looking right at each other and you can tell it's taking us both like a few seconds to be what like, the "Is that fuck? It's wait are you doesn't see and we're both no. like staring at each other yeah. thinking, thinking the same yeah. thing like yeah it's like what and when you finally like meet each other then you, the train comes then then the train comes yeah. then you realize like oh you, hey what's going on you did know did you say hi I see, yeah no we hung out we hung out that day nice it was it was just like <laughs> so, was after. so what happened when you said hi when I said hi uh, she was like hey <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. No, she was like, oh my God, I can't believe, what are you yeah, doing what here? the fuck? Well, and it was also weird because I wasn't living in New York. I was just traveling there. I was yeah. traveling there like every couple of weeks or something, you know, yeah. doing, doing a gig with like Dan Mills or if it was like Love in Stockholm or visiting friends, whatever. Um, I would just run into people and that was the craziest time, but Dude, that would happen. It's crazy. That would happen it's pretty fucking often. crazy. Uh, I don't know. Those moments are my favorite. And I think, I don't know, like we were saying, it's like um, they kind of remind you that, like, how is this possible? It's like we yeah. could we could win the lottery 
and that would be nice. Uh, but instead, you, more often than that, you just run into people that you've known from a long time ago. So you're talking about running into people, like how how I met you guys. How did you meet us? So, all right. Well, this is crazy. Neil Marache. <laughs> okay. I didn't realize he was such a big player or the Dude, first, Neil, first Neil, player. Neil is the only reason, is is the reason why we are sitting in the same room together. That's amazing. Isn't that first crazy? First off. Yes. So, Neil was the original guitar uh, lead guitar player and, and guitarist in Love and Stockholm. Yes. Um, the great and powerful Neil Morochnik. Neil Blackburn. Neil Blackburn. Um, Morochnik. He knew... Magellan. Magellan. Blackburn. Blackburn. Magellan, Blackburn, Morochnik. Magellan, Blackburn, Morochnik. <laughs> he knew? Uh, this, uh, guy. You know, dude. Yeah. The dude. Yeah, he knew. He knew um, a friend of mine from high school. So when I moved to Boston, finally, after my first semester and the horrible commute I made from Providence every day. Anyway, that's a whole other other thing. <clears throat> but yeah, I because you were coming from Providence before that. Yeah, they went to BU together. We did. No, no, no. Neil and my buddy. Who was your buddy? You went. You guys went to BU too, but yeah. My buddy was Al Hanwerger, the Woog. Woog. Yeah. Hey Woog. Woog. Hopefully, I hope you're listening to this. The Woog. The Wooger. The Woog was it, man. <laughs> the Woog. The Woog. He's like the legit, like honestly, dude. like I, he's, I, he is the definition of a I, dude. I've always acted exactly that way whenever I've heard his name because he's, he uh, hooked us up with you. I remember that. Um, well, that's the story I'm telling. I know, right I know, now. I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, the woo. So I'm. I remember I'm driving down the street. I'm in Brookline. I'm driving down like Beacon Street or something from Washington Square from my apartment, and <clears throat> he calls me, and I was literally like kind of like freshman year of college just moved up there didn't really have anything going on didn't really know what was happening in school i wasn't a great student and then i get this call and it completely changed the the trajectory of my entire life jeez <laughs> oh, isn't yeah. that crazy yeah like man. one like i can i never thought of it on your perspective from my perspective or thought that like but but for you like you were the reason why love in stockholm exists because you basically started the band because that led to playing these venues and kind of like getting all that experience of driving around and and dealing with different people and living with different people and like just the whole thing you just you dove in you were like okay yes this is what this is right i didn't when when we ended up moving in together um in pratt street in austin my voice is terrible right now. I turned down. I was supposed to live with my friends from Berkeley. Mm. And I was like, you know, I like really feel something about mm. this. I feel like it would be a mistake to not go and do this. Yeah. And I'm so glad you did, man. No. And I did that. And I, I'm so glad you did those guys. Did. Oh my God. Some of them don't talk to me anymore to this day. Oh my God. And, um, they might not have anyway. They took it. They took it. And I went, I went really? so, I went so far. Or something? They, they like, I don't the know. They way? were so mad at me, but I went out of my way. I'm sorry to hear that. 
Yeah, it's fine. But I went out of my way to find them a new roommate to like replace me because it was pretty last minute it's rare when that happens in this town actually in the first place yeah and i found them somebody and i and it i still like it wasn't it wasn't cool from i'm sure that from then to now i'm sure it weighed on your shoulders too the whole time so i'm sure they were okay with it after a couple months but it probably weighed on your shoulders it did i knew to the point where you moved out and you probably realized that you probably should have in the first place. But I didn't even up. move out. I, I even found this place. I found this place. It was We were supposed to be... There was five of us that were supposed to move into this this um, apartment building. And I found the place. Showed everybody. Everybody agreed to go in. And then I backed out at the last second. Oh, it's worse. Good for the guy. found the person to move in. Never missed... And he rent that's or whatever. Amazing. And he ended up that's being so rare. He was a drummer and hopefully he helped those guys out. Yeah, it's so rare, dude. But you know, dude, I, yeah, I felt I mean, bad, but I made it right. It's not like I didn't make it right. You did, but you did for sure. Know. I could be wrong. Uh but. no. Um I mean like like you can tell based completely on the fact that you found somebody to replace you right away, then you made it right because there are so many situations where that doesn't even barely happen. Right. But uh not even close to that. Like obviously you tried. I I'm just so Glad. I just hope there's not just, stuff. There's not so, stuff that like I missed in that situation. Yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean, I don't know what could have happened, and like, you know, there are probably parallel universes where you Maybe. moved into that house and you were living with them for the entire time, and who knows what the fuck that looks like. But you chose. I don't know. You chose this one, and I'm so fucking glad you did, dude. Yeah, dude. We had some great 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 times some great shows yeah and we made we, we made some great 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 music so it's so funny because i i don't um a lot of stuff i'm like okay i don't listen to a lot of stuff that i record on or whatever but like i've been recently finding myself going back to listening to more love in stockholm and yeah i'm like oh this is fucking fun and awesome and cool yeah dude um songs that i didn't think held any water i was listening to water um yeah so like songs that i didn't think even hold, held water i was listening to the other day i was like holy shit this is it this is good um i don't they are good. mean that in like like even the songs that i was kind of mildly sick of yeah to put it the best way even those songs um it's funny because i I, like, I was like oh man no i was wrong they're good no they're good and it's funny because all the things that <clears throat> we fight over like when we're recording them they, yeah the details they just seem you, so silly that like well now when you listen back to them because it's like yeah you're not thinking about those details now that you're like i can remember plenty of ideas i like oh no it should be this way and then it ended up a different way and i listen to it now i'm like yeah totally i was like i was there's idiot. no way that there's it could no have been another way any other way yeah that, yeah yeah and like there's yeah there's that i mean like think about all the minute stupid arguments that wouldn't have mattered anyway like like oh no we should like play this one more like this or like like faster or like no yeah. like all of those points we were so we i know that must be the case that we were so focused on the details there's no way that you can break yourself from that perspective when you're in there and trying to do it making the songs 
uh, in the first place. So it's like, there's no fault to us. Like we're just so completely focused on the details, um, that the way that we're hearing it is different. You go back and listen to it that those songs five years later and you're like, Whoa, mm-hmm. wait a second. First off, you're five years smarter, which definitely makes a difference. And then second off, you're like, we had it right. Like most of the time, that's the answer. Like we, we had it right. Um, so many things that we could have fixed and figured out like we'd yeah. love to go back and do it right now but goddamn like we we were good yeah no we, we really were we were pretty a pretty good bad a band when you look back at it now I'm just like <clears> and in even terms we did, of how we do stuff not like the good you know like, what we did with what we had at our disposal was pretty pretty awesome so pretty amazing pretty I'd happy say amazing it. amazing amazing that's a rare a rare thing rare thing to find a nice sweet pot of melting stuff <laughs> melty melted together melty goodness yeah i think yeah. that's i think that's a special thing yeah and, and one thing that i'm remembering is that like <clears throat> when we were on the road the the thing that i feel like a lot of touring musicians deal with now is that everyone's trying to get their alone time it's all about really yeah it's i in my opinion, it's all about like... That's interesting to me. I just think it's a thing that when, when people get older and they're spending a lot of time with each other, they need to have their own stuff. Everyone has their own stuff that, that's developed. But when we were touring, we were in our 20s and figuring out... I feel like everything was like kind of together. We're always in everything together. Yeah, 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're always standing completely For better or for worse. Yeah, like no... Yeah, no space zero space yeah and that's a hard thing we never like we didn't most people try to cultivate space we never even had like hotel rooms i think that happened like very seldomly yeah it was so nice when we had and then we would share stuff we'd share share like we share beds we would get like if we were lucky we get two hotel rooms yeah if if normal we get we get one and then if if we're really lucky we get to use the tent we got somebody's house to stay at (laughs) yeah that's the really lucky part because we don't have to pay for it true Um, like like so yeah we were in each looking back shit it's, it's just so it's so funny to me the it, most all right so it was so it, acceptable if it you was think, like fine if you think about it like most people our age like all right you take you take somebody who's not trying to do music and you take somebody who is the person who's not trying to do music like like they're starting their career at that point so like sure maybe they're still living in their frat house when they're like about to get up in their career and then they graduate well, that's when we lived in our house together mm-hmm. to make the music. They graduated. Maybe they live in a house with like a couple roommates, three, four, because they need to survive and whatever and get their rent and rent's cheaper if you have roommates. We're gigging our asses off at that point, and they're looking for a job. They get a job at some right. corporate whatever the fuck, and so they're there from eight to five, and we're fucking weekend warriors and we're trying to uh, play every single thing that we can, um, trying to cultivate an audience who wants to demand us, um, doing things that are completely off the book in terms of that, but on the, on the book, like in terms of like management and all that shit, Evan Sanders, like managing us, Mr. Wizard, <clears throat> the wizard, Mr. Wizard, take me home. Um, <laughs> and so it's like, um, so if you look at the trajectory point I'm trying to make is that like those fellows over the, on the, um, on the corporate side, if you will, 
Um, just people like get normal jobs. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, they're more substantiating themselves with having um, a routine, a routine of um, solidarity, routine like they have their time to themselves, mm-hmm. which is valued in these people like they were saying that you were touring with um, when you get older. They've established that routine more like they get to go to the coffee shop and sit there for two and a half hours behind their computer trying to find a job and like work. It's amazing stuff. It's like they can be so creative and and yeah. genius. We never had that because we were always with each other, always trying to hustle. Right. Um, and of course, we had our day jobs. Um, True. And but besides that, like we didn't share those two things. And if you just escalate those two pathways, it makes sense why someone that you were touring with would um, be more inclined to spend, spend those hours. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Yeah. I just, my, (laughs) great memories of, five at four hours ago whatever it was <laughs> um <laughs> yeah <laughs> it went, went to derail the podcast this <laughs> is great it's great i love it i love it is there anything else you want to talk about yeah i want to say you know go patriots and i hope you happy hope you happy happy super bowl someday <laughs> happy super hope you bowl have someday. one <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Uh, Appreciate dude, it. Thanks, it's, man. It's late. Just keep watching. Yeah. That's that's pretty much it. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for having me. Um, thank you to God and Jesus. <laughs> And sweet, sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> <Going ruined. laughs> you can keep this part in now. I'm okay. No. You're not going to recognize this conversation when I'm done with it. <laughs> you can keep this part. <laughs> and thank you for the baby Jesus. Thank you, baby Jesus. <laughs> I really love him. I got I got to show you a, an Instagram video after this. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you just reminded me. Of. Okay. All right, man. Thanks. Thank you so much, just buddy. Say, just say uh, bye. thank you for having me. Um, really appreciate it. Um, this is this has been a blast. Uh, it's a beautiful night. See you, dude. Thanks. There he is, the great Dave Carroll. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe, send an email to afterthegigpod at gmail.com, and I look forward to seeing you all later. Uh, just a reminder, I'll be in New York City this weekend. Um, not this weekend, what am I talking about? I'm going to be in New York City on Thursday, Thursday night playing with Dan Mills. Uh, that is going to be a great, 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 great fun show. Um, and I'm definitely getting pizza afterwards. That has been decided. Nick Fradiani, American Idol winner on the show next week. So make sure you tune in for that. I will see you next time. Goodbye. 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 When I was down on the back.